Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the uh, Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Certainly off to a good start this year. The weather seems to be cooperating with us here in southern Ontario. There's not a lot of snow on the ground, so that always helps in terms of uh, bringing back the market after the uh, Christmas break. So we've uh, certainly uh, experienced a uh, good start to the year. However, I understand there is a bit of snow in the forecast, so uh, that could uh, put the brakes on things a bit. But uh, well, I'm sure we'll fight through it. We're strong Canadian people, so we should be able to uh, to handle uh, a little bit of weather that's thrown our way. Certainly not like the uh, the weather that's been thrown at the uh, northeastern United States. I, I certainly don't welcome that, but uh, hey, our, our hearts and prayers are with you guys down there, and uh, hopefully everything goes okay. Uh, anyway, this week's topic I wanted to talk to you about was uh, closing costs. I know a lot of times when we're dealing with home buyers, especially first-time home buyers, uh, in fact, we just had some home buyers in the other day. We were talking about, uh, you know, what they know about buying a property. Um, you know, first and foremost, they said they knew nothing about buying a property. But more importantly, they, they didn't know what kind of costs were involved um, other than the down payment, of course. So they had an idea, but they uh, they wanted to get a clear picture. So I thought this week would be a good idea to talk about closing costs and what are involved in closing costs when you purchase a property. So the rule of thumb generally, especially in the mortgage industry, is that uh, your closing costs, in addition to your down payment, are basically going to be somewhere around 1.5%. So the lenders, when they give you a mortgage commitment, and one of the things, one of the provisions of the mortgage commitment or condition of the mortgage commitment is they want to see verification of down payment, is they want to see the down payment together with the closing costs. Now, the lending institutions have basically calculated that amount to be approximately 1.5% of the purchase price. Now, uh, that's not a hard and fast rule, and quite honestly, I can tell you from my experience, it's usually a little more than that. Uh, it's certainly not 2%, but it's probably closer to 1.75%, uh, really, in all honesty, so you uh, so you have an idea of, of what those costs are. And we can go through that sort of to give you an idea of what those goals and costs actually are. Okay, so I've got a list here, and I just want to go through them uh, in no particular order, but I just want to remind you of what these are. Uh, the first uh, thing that you should keep in mind with regards to purchasing a property is the first thing you're going to have is probably your home inspection fee. So your home inspection is when obviously when you hire a home inspector to go out and have a look at the property, you're going to insert a condition. Conditional on the sale, or I'm sorry, conditional on the outcome of a home inspection to make sure that you're okay with its general condition. Those uh, those home inspection costs, in my experience, run anywhere from say 375 to you know somewhere upwards to you know seven or eight hundred dollars, depending on the house, of course, because it does depend on the size and the general mechanics of the property and what these inspectors are expected to inspect. So. At any rate, uh, you're, you're going to want to get in touch with a home inspector probably during the process and just get a handle on who you're comfortable with, who you know maybe your friends or family have used in the past, and get an idea of what they charge for a home inspection so you know what you're dealing with in terms of, uh, of the cost for a home inspection. The next thing that I want to bring to your attention is land transfer tax. That's probably going to be one of your biggest ones, if not the biggest one. So basically what that is, is simply a, a 
tax that the province charges on the purchase or the conveyance of title between properties. Okay, so that land transfer tax is paid to the province of Ontario, and basically it's you know calculated. The general rule of thumb is that it's one percent, but it's it's not really like that. It's it's uh, it breaks down sort of in two different ways or a couple of different ways. Half a percent on the first fifty-five thousand, and uh, then it's one percent on the amount of fifty-five thousand up to two hundred and fifty thousand, and then it goes up to one point five percent of the of the portion of two hundred and fifty thousand to four hundred thousand, and then it's two percent on any amount over the four hundred thousand. Okay, so that's just the provincial side of things, and for the most part. Uh, most of Ontario is is covered by that. Now, in GTA or in Toronto, I should say in Toronto proper, not GTA, uh, there is a, a second municipal tax or a, sep, a, a second land transfer tax. So you've got to pay both. Um, in Toronto, um, my understanding, I don't sell property in Toronto, but just for our listeners in Toronto, you have to pay half a percent on the first 55000 Now, remember, this is in addition to what you pay the province. And then um, the amount between fifty-five thousand and four hundred thousand, you pay one percent, and then anything over four hundred thousand, you pay two percent. Okay, so uh, you get a double whammy in Toronto, and it, it's funny because you know you've got such a robust market that got this new tax a little while ago. Uh, a lot of people thought that, that might be you know something that could really kill it. And my understanding is there have been some studies on what that tax is actually doing to the real estate market in Toronto, I understand it does have an effect on there. Apparently it's in the, uh, my understanding, it's in the billions of dollars of the effect on the economy. But hey, nonetheless, it's, you know, the big bad government we're dealing with here and, you know, unfortunately we have to pay it. So that's, that's just the way it is. Okay. Now, there are a couple of rebates for first time home buyers on land transfer tax. The one, uh, on the provincial side, you get a maximum of $2,000. So the first $2,000 of the land transfer tax is rebated back to you, but you do pay the balance because, I mean, obviously, finding a property that just pays $2,000 in land transfer tax is hard to come by, but, you know, they're out there. There's no question about it, but for the most part, the first two grand is is care of the, on, the Ontario government. And um, on the Toronto side, I understand there's also a rebate of up to $3,725. Again, I don't practice in Toronto, but that's my if you want to get any information on land transfer tax, it's pretty easy to do. You can just go into Google and type in land transfer tax applicable in Ontario. You'll find all kinds of sites that uh, that will give you uh, online calculators and, and you can uh, you can figure out what the land transfer tax is there. But if you sit down with a real estate or mortgage professional, they'll, they'll more than likely give you a buyer net sheet or your closing cost sheet so you know exactly what you're dealing with in terms of costs in addition to your down payment. Okay. The next thing to keep in mind is, of course, legal fees. Legal fees typically stay in our area in terms of what they charge. The general rule of thumb is anywhere between, you know, $900 to $1,500. I, you know, it ranges in there. And uh, one thing that you want to make sure when you talk to lawyers in terms of what they charge, uh, you want to get a handle on what they're charging, what how much their fee is, how much they're charging you for registration and disbursements of documents, okay? 
and if their fee includes title insurance, okay, because title insurance has become this uh, very normal in, in real estate transactions as of uh, the last few years. So you want to make sure you get that title insurance in place as well, just to make sure that, uh, that you're protected. The other thing, and we don't see it so much anymore because of title insurance, is the cost of the survey. From time to time, people will request a survey, or maybe a lender will request a survey. Surveys can get pretty costly. I think they're running around $1,200 right now for a typical city lot. But again, I'm not a surveyor, so you want to definitely check that out. I can tell you that they're not commonplace anymore, uh, but they do come up uh, from time to time. Okay? The other fee that you might encounter is the appraisal fee. So that basically means that if you're buying a property, that requires an appraisal, the lender may charge you an appraisal fee. So that means that they're going to have to hire a, you know, a registered appraiser or a certified property appraiser to come out and look at the property and, and ensure that the lender is comfortable with the value of the property in terms of what you're paying and what they're lending on. So uh, you may be encountered with that fee. Chances are you won't be. From time to time, it does come up. They're probably more common in the refinance side of things when people want to draw some equity out of the property. Uh, banks generally uh, call an appraiser to get an idea of what the value of the property is, but they're not as common in the uh, purchase side, but they can happen. There's no question about it. It can happen for sure. And, uh, it's just something to keep in mind. Obviously, something to go over with your mortgage professional. Make sure that that's a fee that you have to budget for. Okay. The other thing, and I think this is probably one that's missed probably more often than not, is the PST or provincial sales tax on the insurance premium. Okay, so if you're buying a property and you're putting less than 20% down, that means you have to get high-ratio insurance, either through CMHC or through Genware, you know, one of those companies like that. And that fee is generally, you know, it's going to be somewhere around 25 or 2.75% of what you borrow. And then you're going to be charged 8% PST on that premium. Okay, generally speaking, when you get charged the CMHC fee, the lender blends that fee right into the mortgage, so you don't really have to come to the table with that, that insurance premium. But you do have to come to the table with the PSD. So, you know, sometimes people on a tight budget, uh, they don't account for that, and um, it, it can be a little bit of a sucker punch on the, on the day of closing. So just make sure that when you go over the closing costs, your mortgage professional and sit down with a mortgage professional that um, you you get that covered and, uh, and if they don't cover it make sure you ask the question another fee that could come up is property tax to the seller now again not as common in my market but it can happen so if your taxes are typically paid for in quarters and uh, so if somebody uh, buys a house and it's in the middle of a tax quarter you may owe money back to the seller for the other half of that quarter, okay? Because they're only going to pay property taxes on the property up until the day they own it. Once they stop owning it, then they no longer own the taxes on it. You do. But if they paid it in advance, then you have to pay them that money. From time to time, and I can tell you this is very rare, but it does happen, is you will run into a situation where a seller has paid for the property taxes all in full, okay, right at the beginning of the year. Now, when that happens, that means that you've got to pay the seller for the balance of the year or whatever they, you know, for whatever time they didn't live there. It can be a bit of a hefty bill, but nonetheless, it doesn't happen that often. But when it does happen, you've got to be aware of it, okay? So property tax to the seller. The other portion of property tax that could be, could affect your real estate transaction is a property tax holdback. And that's usually done 
by the, at the request of the lender, okay, so the mortgage company. So a lot of times if the mortgage company is collecting the taxes on your behalf, then what's going to happen is they usually like to have a little bit of a cushion in their account in terms of paying the property taxes. So they'll charge you, in many cases, two to three months of property taxes right at the time of closing so they can have it in their coffers so when the bill comes due that they have the money to pay it, okay? So, I mean, it can happen. It's definitely something that you should address with your mortgage professional, but it, it, it is a fee that can come up. Now, I know a lot of municipalities now have pre-authorized checking. So, in other words, what you can do is you can arrange right with the municipality just to take out monthly payments for your property taxes. Usually the easiest way to go, and then that way you never have to run into this kind of issue. But from time to time, it does happen, and it's something to keep in mind. Okay, the next cost that comes up is interest rate adjustments. Now, again, not as common today because of computers and newfangled calculators and all that kind of stuff. But basically, what an interest rate adjustment is, is basically the portion of interest that is due to the bank in order for them to square up the mortgage payments to start on the first of any given month. Okay? So let me give you an example. Let's say you close a deal. We're in January now, and of course, uh, January runs for 31 days. And if you were to close your deal on your house on the 26th of January, okay, you would have an interest rate adjustment between the 26th of January to the 31st of January. Let me tell you why they do that. So basically what that is, is they're going to charge you interest on a per diem basis from the 26th to the 31st, okay? Because what they're going to do is your first mortgage payment would not be due until March the 1st because mortgages are always paid, not in advance. So your first mortgage payment would be March the 1st. But what they would want to do when they calculate the March 1st payment is they want to make sure that they're just calculating it for a month. So on the day of closing, the bank is going to say, you're going to give us an interest adjustment payment for between the 26th and the 31st. And then the clock starts ticking again from fresh as of February the 1st, and then it goes back. Okay? So that's basically what an interest rate adjustment is. Now, what a lot of lenders are doing now is in lieu of that interest rate adjustment, they just set your payment as of the 26th. So if you move into the property on the 26th, then they're just going to start making your calculations of uh, your interest based on the 26th uh, of every given month. So it's just something to keep in mind. Okay. The next thing is a status certificate. Now, when you're buying a condominium, you make an offer conditional on your lawyer reviewing the status certificate and being satisfied with the uh, contents of that status certificate. Status certificate in a condo is typically you know, the rules and regulations, how the condo corporation has been set up, and it also gives you an idea of the financials so you know where the condominium corporation stands financially so, you know, they have enough money in the coffers to deal with whatever whatever issues may, may arise. So at any rate, something to keep in mind, status certificates typically cost $100, okay? And um, you're going to have to pay that. So basically when that offer gets accepted, you have to order a status certificate. The property management company is going to ask for a uh, $100, and um, and then once the status certificate, once the status certificate is ready, then you're going to um, obviously give it to your lawyer, and hopefully everything will be okay, and you can go ahead with the deal. Okay, 
so that's basically, in a nutshell, what you're looking at in terms of closing costs. There are a couple other things that come up, but, you know, these are generally the main ones that do come up. Uh, sometimes, you, you know, if you're selling a property, one thing you may have to take into consideration is, you know, the cost of paying out a penalty, paying on an existing mortgage, the penalty on that. Or if you, you know, you're, start, you're staggering the closing date, you may have to consider the uh, bridge financing costs, you know, that sort of thing. But other than that, I think I covered almost all of them. If you have any questions about closing costs or you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, please feel free to give us a call. You can reach us here at the office, 519-624-9222, or you can reach us via email at walter at maximumresults.ca. If you have mortgage questions, you can email my wife, Karen, at karen at maximumresults.ca, and we'd be more than happy to help you. Okay? If you like this episode or if you like our show in general, we'd certainly encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes if you're on iTunes. And, um, you know, we'd certainly appreciate a, a rating as well. If you could give us a five-star rating, that would be great. But any kind of rating, you know, just so we know that uh, you're out there and you're listening. We certainly see the statistics that people are, are listening and more and more people are coming on. I'm, I'm actually shocked at the audience that we have. It's great. I love it. And uh, I, I certainly uh, uh, welcome uh, you listening to our show and I wish you all the best, and uh, we'll see you on the uh, next show or the next episode of the uh, Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Have a good week.